0: Welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1, boosters of courage. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying... Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people to the land which I am given to them, the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the heat tides, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Be strong and be of good courage. For to these people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and be very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go, This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you make your way prosperous, and then you have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong, and be of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Courage is needed to navigate life. If you look at the passage we read, three times God spoke to Joshua in verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9, he spoke to him that be courageous, said be strong and be courageous. It was a time in his life that Moses had just passed and Moses was a man of God. It was a man that God spoke to face to face. So Joshua felt inadequate to step into the shoes of Moses and God had to come and reassure him over and over three times. Said be strong and be courageous. He was the one to lead them to the promised land and he was afraid because it was a big job. It doesn't matter what is before you. God is asking me to tell you be courageous. It doesn't matter the assignment, it doesn't matter the challenge before you, you need courage to navigate life. And I see God infusing more courage into you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. It is true as a Christian, we have a measure of courage. Second Timothy chapter one verse seven says, God has not given the spirit of timidity, but has given us the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. But there is need for more courage. So, the boosters are things that will help you to generate more courage. There are things that, if you do them, you will get more courage. Courage is necessary to confront your Goliath. If David had not been courageous, he wouldn't have been able to overcome Goliath. Mind you, 40 days, the armies of Israel they were there. Goliath was spitting fire and blazing upon them. They couldn't do anything about Goliath. A teenage boy came on stream and confronted Goliath. It was a small boy so many times it's not a function of age you can be elderly and be a dwarf spiritually you can be a teenager and be a giant spiritually it's not a measure of age it's not the size of the dog in the fight that matters it's the size of the fight in the dog that matters you can have a small dog in a fight but if that dog is tenacious he can overcome a bulldog you need courage to battle some battles and in this day and age, we need courage to live as a Christian. The Bible said, towards the end of time, it will be difficult to live as a Christian. It was clear that it will be difficult because perilous times will come, they will persecute us. So, you need courage to stand as a Christian. And, of course, you also need courage to possess your possessions. And you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, verse 1, that the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous, they are as bold As a lion in other words righteousness we describe it as three parts you have the posture of righteousness but where you have this attitude of righteousness you have a mindset of righteousness when you give your life to jesus god made you righteous you are now righteous by nature when you give your life to christ the adamic nature in you is set aside the bible says we were crucified with christ when he hung on the cross he actually nailed the Adamic nature on the cross. So anyone who puts their faith in Christ automatically takes on the righteous nature of God. So because of your faith in Christ, you are righteous. God has made you righteous. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And also by one man's righteousness, by one man's obedience, many shall be made righteous. So we have the mindset of righteousness. We stand upon the platform of righteousness and because of this we can produce righteousness we practice righteousness we also nurture righteousness so we are not sinners by nature yes we sleep we have foibles we have setbacks but we are not sinners if you are born again you are righteous by nature and i also say yes Please nurture righteousness. He that is righteous will practice righteousness. You have the seed of righteousness in you. You have the DNA of God wired in you. So you have capacity to say no to sin. The Bible says sin shall not have dominion over them because they are not under the law but they are under grace. So because we function under the grace of God, we can do righteous things. We have the capacity. But we are not sinners we are righteous by nature and that's the reality of it because of this righteous mentality and because of the righteous platform and because of the practice of righteousness we are bold. when we go to battle we are bold because we have somebody who's an ally who is actually backing us up in the time of battle i also said last week that another booster of righteousness is when you learn to wait on the lord where you learn to have private time every family every couple must have private sessions. What they do in their private time is not your business. If you don't have private sessions with your wife, there's no marriage. There's a time to reaffirm the marriage. There's a time to be together as a couple. There's a time to share your body, share your soul, share your spirit with your spouse. If you don't have regular intimate sessions with your spouse, then there's no marriage. So you can't say you're a Christian and you don't talk to God oftentimes as you can. There's need to wait on the Lord. Because when you wait on the Lord, there's an exchange. It takes your weakness, it infuses into you his strength. When you wait on the Lord, it takes your sin. It breaks you down in the place of waiting. It takes your sin, it gives you his righteousness. When you wait on the Lord, he affirms you. He tells you, daughter, son, don't worry. Things will be okay. It takes your discouragement and infuses into you courage. So there's an exchange going on. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So there's a need for waiting on the Lord. The more you do that, the better you become. You don't do righteousness by works. Many people struggle in their flesh. But there's a spirit path that when you allow God, it takes over. Paul the apostle said the life and I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me. So there's a way that God takes over your life where you actually learn to do devotion, to have private sessions with him. And there are many good materials. You have the daily manner, you have open levels, devotional. Every morning you wake up is not CNN. The first thing to do in the morning is to face God, not Facebook. Let us develop good habits. Let's develop godly habits. That's how to nurture the righteous nature in you and don't condemn yourself. Keep on going to God. It will change you. It will transform you. And I see God changing and transforming you in the mighty name of Jesus. So those who wait on the Lord, their strength is renewed. Those who wait on the Lord, they are courageous. Their heart is strengthened. Another booster to courage is when we actually know who we are in Christ when you know who you are in Christ is a booster to your faith is a booster to your courage and I said reality of redemption you see we were sold into slavery we were sold into servitude because the first man Adam messed up in Adam all died so anybody who is born into this world is born as a sinner so when God looks at a man is that the man is in Adam or is in Christ And when you're in Adam, you're actually in trouble until you cross over. In other words, in Adam, the first man messed up. And everybody born was born a sinner. But when you now get born again, you are now born supernaturally from above. And that's when you are in Christ. And being in Christ has many advantages. The Bible says he has delivered us from the powers of darkness. And he has conveyed us into his own marvelous light. The place you live matters. When you are located in a place where there is poverty, you also partake of the poverty. So the place you have matter. So the Bible says God brought us out of the domain of darkness. He brought us out of the servitude of Satan and he relocated us to his own marvelous light. So I'm no more under the bondage of Satan. I'm no more under curse. I'm no more in darkness. I'm now in light. And because I'm in light, there are privileges i can tell that god is for me because i'm in light i can tell that my tomorrow is okay because i'm in light i can tell that my offspring coming after me they will do well because i'm in light so being in adam is different from being in christ so it's either you're in adam or you're in christ and if you're in christ you're in christ many times your character may not measure up but you're still in christ god brought us out of darkness into his own marvelous light and the bible says we have redemption he purchased us from the hands of the enemy he purchased us by his own blood because for sin to be forgiven blood has to flow blood has to be shed for sins to be forgiven so the almighty god came and shed his own blood for you and i so that it will be acceptable before god the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through christ jesus jesus christ came to shed his own blood And because of that, he purchased forgiveness for us, he purchased deliverance for us, he purchased prosperity for us, he purchased a better tomorrow for us, he purchased answers to our prayers, he redeemed us from the hands of the enemy. And that's why we are victorious, that's who you are. Also, he brought us out of trespasses, he brought us out of the pits, and made us alive in Christ. He quickened us. He put His Spirit in us so that we would desire Him. If you're in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have a measure of the Spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have a fuller measure of the Spirit. He made you desire Him. He gave you capacity to love Him. If God doesn't help you to love Him, you can't love Him. Salvation was at God's instance. God came looking for you. At times, people say, oh, I found Christ. No, you can't find Christ. He found you. You are the one that was lost. It was in lost. He came looking for you. That's why the author and the finisher of your faith is your beginning and your ending. And if you continue with him, you will end well. And I see you ending well in the mighty name of Jesus. So he brought us out of sin. He made us alive. He put his spirit in us to desire him. And much more, he now raised us up to be with him. In the highest of the heavens, the Bible says Jesus Christ now is seated on the right hand of God. And guess what he's doing? He's praying for you. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. He says, he's able to save us to the uttermost because now he's daily making intercession for you. That's why I can come boldly to the throne of grace. I have no merit of my own, but I have an advocate. I have an intercessor. I have somebody pleading on my behalf. When God looks at him, he remembers the blood. So that's what gives me access. That's why I can come boldly to his throne of grace to pray and to obtain new mercies. So every day there's an advocate. He's praying for you. So when I go to God, Jesus is there at his right hand. He's pleading my case. So I have that mentality that I'm not just by myself. I'm not alone. That yes, I don't fit the bill, but somebody fits the bill. And on his behalf, I go to him. At times when you want to access a big man, you don't know how to access him you can go to his aid or go to his wife that's wisdom and it works it works like pronto yes so jesus bridged the gap so when i go to god i have that consciousness that somebody is praying for me and because of him i can stand before god justified as if i've never sinned. and that's who you are that's the reality these are things that gives us courage and the bible says in galatians chapter 3 verse 26 that for you all are sons of god through faith in christ For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Say you all, you, say you are a son of God because of your faith in Christ. Say it doesn't yet appear what it shall be like. But we know when it appears we shall be like him. And anyone who has this hope in himself will purify himself even as he's pure. It doesn't yet appear. When we leave this realm, we are going to put on a glorious body. This mortality will be shed off, will be taken away for immortality to replace it. In other words eternal life is in you and that eternal life is eternal life it can't be snuffed out the love of god in you is what will make you rapture when the trumpet sounds and by god's grace you will rapture in the mighty name of jesus whatever is born of god overcomes the world what does the word stands for there the pits of darkness when you are born of god you overcome the world i'm no more afraid of witches and wizards I'm not afraid of demonic spirits coming to press me in the night. If they try to come my way, they will smell fire. Because whatever is born of God overcomes the world. The view that overcomes the world is your face. And who is it that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God overcomes the world. It doesn't matter how grave the opposition may be against you. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. In all these things, we are more than conqueror through him. It's always through him that loved us and gave his life for us. I cannot kill a rat. But Jesus working in me, I can move mountains. I can't do jack. But I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm not by myself. He's working in me, making me to will and to do of his good pleasure. One with God is truly a majority. And when you are with God, all the forces of hell cannot overcome you. That's why you have to be sure you're in God. And I see God farming you up more. I see God taking your roots deeper in him in the mighty name of Jesus. I see God causing you to overcome because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Another booster of faith, of courage is baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see Peter the apostle denied Jesus Christ. Matthew 26 verse seventy, because he was afraid. But a few days after that, this same guy, who was so much afraid, now stood before about 5,000 people and was declaring the counsel of God to them. Peter, before Pentecost, was not Peter after Pentecost. He was a totally different, completely changed man. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. There was a man of God's between goose was. He was a stammerer, he was a literate, he was a plumber. And he sought for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. After he got baptized by the Spirit, his tongue loosened. He became an apostle of faith. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit makes us audacious. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Over time, being with Jesus should make a change in your life. If you are not changing, you are the problem. You cannot be with the master and remain the same. The infilling of those Spirit makes us bold. And I see new boldness coming upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. I see you exhibiting your audacity by the grace of God. I see the lion within you coming out of you in the mighty name of Jesus. I see you roaring again in the mighty name of Jesus. And when the lion within you roars, demons will take cover in Jesus mighty name. Another way to boost courage is to try to make bold statements. This young man called David, when he got to the valley of Elah, Goliath saw him and said, ah, this small fry. And even though there was a small fry, Goliath still cursed him with his gods. And guess what? David didn't keep quiet. David also spoke back audaciously against him. First Samuel chapter 17, from verse 43 to 48, where you learn to speak audacious words, even in the face of opposition, where you learn to speak loud and clear, Believe me, it moves God. Because God is looking for people that will stand out there for him. That was what Elijah did when he challenged the prophets of Baal. And the same Bible also says, We should boldly proclaim that the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid what man will do to me. Another thing you have to know is that you have to be inspired. Constant inspiration. First Samuel chapter 17. When David came to the valley of Hila, the king already said, Anybody who kills Goliath, I will give you my daughter to marry His family will not pay taxes anymore. And I will give him money. That was the benefit attached to killing Goliath. So when the young boy got in there and he saw this guy spitting fire and brimstone, he went around inquiring, what will happen to the guy who kills this guy? What's the reward? And they told him the king will do this, the king will do that. And his oldest brother saw him doing that. And the guy began to abuse him. He began to talk negative towards him. First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 28. When his brother came against him, He turned away from his brother. He didn't want to hear the junk. When you are making progress in life, people will try to remind you of where you are coming from. Some people will try to remind you that you are still that small girl. You can't be a woman of God. They will always try to remind you where you are coming from. People want to cut you down to size. And when you see those kind of people and you know their intentions are not okay, turn away from them. Also, God told Joshua, Meditate upon my word day and night. If you are not constantly inspired, you will soon expire. Many times, the things you see around you here, they are not encouraging. You have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. I drive 45 minutes to one hour to work. Every time I'm playing music, I'm playing a message. I'm always in that flow by the grace of God. Because I have to hear good things. I have to get into my system. Things that will encourage me. The news of this world will never encourage you. And what you hear affects you. So for you to be bold in life, you have to have constant inspiration. For you to remain inspired and motivated, you have to stay in God's word. You have to stay in church. You have to stay in church for you to remain constantly inspired. When the angel came to me and said, you are going to have a baby by the Holy Spirit. You are going to conceive supernaturally. She said, "He told to me according to your pronouncement? And the angel also told her, your older cousin is six months gone into pregnancy. The angel was telling her, go to a place of inspiration, to learn, to be inspired. Because it's never been done that somebody will conceive supernaturally. So after the angel left, the Bible says, Mary went to Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth saw Mary come, automatically the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps. There was a connection. Elizabeth was inspired as she began to prophesy. Because, you see, iron sharpens iron, and a man will light up the countenance of his friends. My job is to inspire you. Your job is to go out there to inspire somebody else. If you are not constantly inspired, you will soon expire. It is so true. When Mary came in contact with Elizabeth, the dream she was carrying leaped. Do you make people leap when they come around you, or you kill them? Some people they slaughter people's dreams. When you come to every 10 feet dream, they will cut it down to two feet. We need mentors. We need people that will inspire us. If you are not constantly inspired, your dream will die. What you hear affects you. So if you are just focused on MSNBC, NBC, Fox News, and that's what you do all day long, before you know it, you start thinking and talking like them. But that's not the will of God. We are transformers. We are to transform this world. We are to generate light for the world to see. It's my prayer you have new courage. Courage to fight your battles. Courage to take on life. So you are going to become great. You will fulfill your destiny. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will live your dreams. Because you're a lighthouse. When people come around you, they get inspired. And they will come back. You will be a house of inspiration. You will inspire people, inspire nations, and go and leave it out there. The world out there is in shambles, but you are the one to change the story. You are the one to change the story in your workplace, change the story in your family. You are the salt of the earth. You will not lose your saltiness in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening, and make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.